Locked On Red Sox, your daily Boston Red Sox podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, hey, welcome to another episode of the Locked On Red Sox podcast. Thank you so much for making Locked On Red Sox your first listen of every single day. I have a jam-packed episode for you. There is a lot to get to, a lot to break down from the Red Sox's Game 4 loss to the Astros on Tuesday night. We obviously have to discuss the home plate umpire situation that was Laz Diaz on Tuesday. And we'll talk a little bit of Hunter Renfro and if his struggles and lack of production should be a concern. And as always, I will end this show on a positive note. I'm Lauren Campbell. I cover Boston sports for Nessun and have been in the Boston media scene now for over six years. Born and raised in the Boston area, grew up a lifelong Red Sox fan. So I love being able to talk to you about the Red Sox every single day. I love being able to talk to you as a fan, as a reporter, as somebody who covers this team as a living, and as somebody who's probably pretty frustrated after game four. So there is a lot to get to, but before I do that, I did want to let you know that this episode is brought to you by Spotify Greenroom. Download the Spotify Greenroom app and find one of our lockdown rooms. So I do want to preface this by saying that I am in no way, shape, or form blaming Laz Diaz for the Red Sox loss on Tuesday. I don't like being that person who complains about the refs and the umpires and, oh, the calls never go our way because there's that tired narrative in Boston that the calls always go Boston's way. But I am not, like I said, I am not blaming Laz Diaz for Tuesday's loss. The Red Sox could not score with men in scoring position, which has been a problem for them all year. I mean, he did the Red Sox no favors by making terrible calls, but he also made terrible calls against the Astros. But I am of the belief that if you know the umpire's name or if you know a referee's name, that's not good. Unless it's Wes McCauley, the amazing NHL ref who's known for making penalty calls. He's make, he, he makes them a lot more fun and enjoyable, and he's always a meme. He's always a gif. That's totally different. But when I, when, if I say Angel Hernandez or Joe West... It's because you know them because they're so, so dang bad at their job. There's always controversy. There's always bad calls. And such was the case with Laz Diaz. And if you didn't know who Laz Diaz was on Tuesday, you're very, very lucky because he is statistically the worst MLB umpire from this past season, the the 2021 season. His consistency, his accuracy, just all over the place. Really just an embarrassment for MLB. And here he is umpiring behind home plate in the biggest series for the American League right now, two of the best teams in the AL, and he's all over the place. And this was all game. This was both teams. The strike zone was so expanded. It was all over the place. He was calling ball strikes. He was calling strikes balls. Alex Cora nearly got ejected because he rang up J.D. Martinez on a terrible, no good strike three call. And when I tell you that he was the worst home plate umpire in MLB this past season. I'm not just saying that just because I thought he was bad all year. There are stats to back that up. He was 6% in accuracy, uh, bottom 6% in accuracy, and bottom 12% in consistency. So it was a just, it, both teams were doomed from the get-go by this guy. And like I said, the Astros certainly benefited in the ninth inning. The big old controversial ninth inning, um, Nathan Ovaldi came out of the bullpen. He looked to have ended the ninth inning with a strikeout, a, stri- a looking strikeout after the Astros tied it 2-2 in the ninth. Nate Ovaldi was walking toward the, the dugout. Fenway was going crazy. And Diaz did not call strike three. Now, I'm sure you've seen the, the videos and the slow-mos and the still frames and everything. I do think that, like, yes, it's it's a borderline pitch, 
But when you're like when you're calling this the strikes you called all night and you're not calling that, that is a problem. This was in my mind, like I said, I I could see why it's borderline, but that's a pitch you have to call. This was this was a nasty pitch by Avaldi and a game altering pitch or a game altering call now, really. And you're gonna have this big expanded strike zone all game, and then in the ninth inning, you're gonna decide to squeeze the pitcher and be like, no, you're not getting that call. Give me a break. Give me a break. This guy is so bad at his job. If I was this bad at my job, I wouldn't have one. This is just embarrassing for ML. It's embarrassing for the Red Sox. It's embarrassing for the Astros. They were both victims of terrible calls. And the ninth inning continued. The Astros ended up opening up the game 9-2. to And that's the score they ended up winning by. But if you can go back and just look at some of the strikes that he called, if you can find them on Twitter, on MLB, even on YouTube, you need to go and look back and look at how many lookbacks the batters give Diaz, the, the Red Sox and the Astros. They were just both, both teams were in disbelief at some of the calls. And I couldn't believe what I was watching. Like, that guy, this is going to make Angel Hernandez and Joe West, you're going to want to wish they were behind home plate on Tuesday. And that's terrible. That's not good. No baseball fan wants either of those guys behind home plate especially in an ALCS. And what's even more concerning about this, so the Evaldi non-call in the ninth inning was his uh, Diaz's 21st missed strike. He ended the night with 23. That's according to ESPN's Jeff Passan. He has a tweet with the, the graphic, and it's ugly. It's almost not safe for work. It's so bad. And like I said, you cannot have this expanded strike zone all night and then decide in the ninth inning to be like, nah, never mind. It's not going to be that tight. Like, what are you doing? This is the ALCS. The tri- a trip to the World Series in the- is on the line. Like I said, these are two of the best teams in the AL. And you're going to ruin what was an incredible game. I wanted more from this game. I selfishly wanted extra innings because it was very good once the Astros tied it in the ninth. The Red Sox still had fire. They still had wind in the sails. And then, and then Martin Perez came in. And that just, that's a whole other topic. But... The wind was in the Red Sox sails until that ninth inning and until Martin Perez came in, until Laz Diaz failed miserably at his job. He failed baseball. He failed MLB and he failed the ALCS. He failed the Red Sox and the Astros several times throughout the game. This is what... This is how you do not grow the game at all. You need competent people. Everyone was calling for robo-umps. I don't know if that's the solution. I am very pro-robo-ump. I don't know how accurate they are. That's the only problem. But man... You cannot be making these calls, these terrible calls. You need to call the game how it is. You want to call, there's going to be questionable calls in every game. I know that. There's never a game where you're like, oh, that really should have gone the other way. But when there are 23 blatant ones, you do not deserve to have a job as an MLB umpire, at least a home plate umpire. But like I said at the beginning of the show, I am not blaming Diaz at all for the loss. Um, He definitely contributed to it, yes. But it's not all on him because the Red Sox were a whopping 0 for 9 with runners in scoring position. You wasted a Christian Arroyo triple nine nine times. You had nine opportunities to score and you could not do it. This was a problem for them all year. I gave you a little rhyme last time. Tale as old as time, song as old as rhyme, leaving men on base. Shout out Beauty and the Beast. But nothing was really going the Red Sox way. They were leading 2-1. They were holding on, but A, you cannot score two runs against a very tough and resilient Astros team and expect to win, especially with Martin Perez on the mound. You can't expect him to get you out of a jam, and he didn't. When you go 0-9 with runners in scoring position in a playoff game against a very tough Astros team, that's not going to win you games either. So the Red Sox, yes, the Red Sox and the Astros were both fighting the umpire on Tuesday. 
but the Red Sox are fighting themselves and trying to score with men on base. You have a runner 90 feet away on third and you cannot drive him in. That is so incredibly frustrating. So the Red Sox, like I said, did not do themselves any favors on Tuesday. Laz Diaz certainly didn't do any fav- didn't do the Red Sox any favors either. Didn't do the Astros any favors. Well, you know, he did in the ninth inning, but again, this is not solely his fault that the Red Sox lost. His fault that the ninth inning continued? Sure, I'll, I'll, I'll say that. But the Red Sox need to be more aggressive with men on base. They need to stop swinging at every single pitch. They're becoming the, the desperate Red Sox again and those desperate at-bats where you can work these pitchers because pitching is a weakness here for the Astros. They should have lit up Zach Greinke on Tuesday, and they didn't. So the offense kind of fell short. There was some sloppy defense too, and the home plate umpire. So just like I said, nothing really went the Red Sox way, despite them leading for several innings. But a very, it's a win, it was a winnable game, and it was a, an annoying loss, and now the series is tied. So game five is pivotal. It is so crucial for the Red Sox to win. You could not go back to Houston needing to win two. Absolutely not. That is not an option. Coming up in our second segment, we will talk about Hunter Renfro and his continued struggles in the postseason. We'll also talk about the decision to pitch Martin Perez in the ninth inning with the bases loaded. So stick around for that. You will not want to miss it. But first, this episode is brought to you by Green Room. Green Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans just like you and me. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. You'll find fans just like you on Green Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and of course, reacting to big news and rumors. With the NHL and NBA season gearing up and the MLB offseason about a month away, there's going to be tons of rumors, so you will not want to miss that. You can even find Locked On Host across NBA, MLB, and NHL. Jason and I will be joining the app soon, so be sure to get started and we'll meet you there. Go download the free Green Room app now, currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the MLB group for the latest league updates. I know you will find a ton of incredible rooms around your favorite teams and leagues, and I cannot wait to join you all in the app. I'll be sure to let you know once we're there and once the Locked On Red Sox room is live. Download the Green Room app today. Green Room, changing the way we talk sports. Welcome back to the Locked On Red Sox podcast. Thank you so much for making Locked On Red Sox your first listen of the day. Let's get to talking about Hunter Renfro because I had mentioned with Locked On Astros and I had mentioned in previous episodes that Renfro was going to be an X factor in this series. You know, I said in a team full of Xander Bogarts and Rafael Devers and J.D. Martinez that the heroes here have been Kike Hernandez, Hunter Renfro, Kyle Schwarber, and it just doesn't seem like Hunter Renfro has the same fire that he did in previous at-bats. Now, I don't know if it's just the postseason, it's mental fatigue. Everyone is fatigued right now, mentally, physically, emotionally. And he's due for a big night. He struck out six times in this postseason. He's just, he's not, I don't know if he, I don't, I don't want to say he's not all there. I, I, you know, it's the postseason. I, like I said, everyone's tired, but the struggles are real for Renfro right now. And, you know, he's due for a big game. He really needs that big hit. And I don't think there's any better time to do it than game five when you need to kind of get your Red Sox team fired up. Renfro is a veteran. He's been around the league for a long time. And I think it's just a matter of he just needs that break. He needs that one hit to break out of this We'll call it a mini slump. And he'll get going. He will. You know, it needs to be now. There's not a lot of time to kind of wait around and be like, oh, well, when, eventually, when he breaks out of this slump, like, no, we need, we need him now. And the Red Sox desperately need everyone on deck 
all hands on deck in order to beat this Astros team and move on to the World Series. And Hunter Renfro was one of the Red Sox best hitters, most clutch hitters in the regular season. Obviously, his defense speaks for for itself. And he was, you know, hitting home runs, getting timely hits, the clutch hits, doing everything the Red Sox needed him to do. And it's not happening right now in the ALCS. So he really, really needs to to kick it into gear here. You know, I don't want to say that I'm concerned about him by any means because we obviously know he's a good player, but if he cannot get these timely hits or he can't get get himself on base somehow, some way, he can't drive in runs, he keeps striking out, I'm going to be a little concerned and I'll probably start to hover the panic button in game five if he kind of has another crappy performance. I want to see him turn it around. I love, love, love Hunter Renfro. I absolutely love what he's done for the Red Sox this season. Like I said, he's come in clutch so many times on offense and defense. I think it's just a matter of time. Unfortunately, time is not on Boston's side right now. So he really needs to kind of dig deep and just find that fire that he's had all season and get the Red Sox back on track here. And someone else who's been struggling for the Red Sox and who has struggled for the Red Sox all year is Martin Perez and you probably know by now how I feel about him and how I have a lot of disdain for him. I just, I'm so beyond over Martin Perez and the Martin Perez experiment. I didn't like that they re-signed him to begin with in the in the offseason. I think he's a lot of fun on Twitter. I love that he's personable and engages with fans and makes himself, you know, a, a relatable player and makes himself more than just a player. I love that. And I love that he wants to win and he wants to be there for the fans, but he's not winning. And he's, he's not benefiting the Red Sox in any way. This is not a victory lap I like to take by any means. I don't like being, I don't like being right about somebody being not good for the team. So Alex Cora decided to lift Nate Valdi in a ninth inning after, I think, 24 pitches. And that's because he's going to pitch game six. So that's obviously understandable. You're not going to burn Valdi. And he brought in Perez with the bases loaded, two outs. The game was still well within reach for the Red Sox at this point. It was only three to two. Michael Brantley up to bat and... The first pitch Brantley sees just rips it into the outfield, clears the bases with a double. And I was just like, well, this game's over. I had no faith that the Red Sox would come back. Eventually, the Astros went up 9-2, to a score they'd later win by. And Alex Cora said he actually he was not uh, questioned about that after Tuesday's game. He was in his Wednesday pregame media availability. And he said that he liked the matchup. He said that Perez got Brantley out in game one in a tough situation. In a one, I believe a one run game. I think it was five, four to three or five to four. And he was hoping for the same result. But unfortunately, it was not the same result. It was the exact opposite. And this is something that we've seen Perez do all season. He cannot pitch in high leverage situations. I don't know why Alex Cora trusted him. I was... Really shocked to see him come in in such a close game, especially with the bases loaded. And honestly, I would stay away from from Perez for the rest of the postseason, whether that's ALC, whether that's just the ALCS or ALCS and the World Series. Leave him off the World Series roster. I'm surprised he made the ALCS roster, and it might have just been a circumstance of Garrett Richards not being able to be on the roster due to injury. But holy smokes! I never want to see Martin Perez pitch for the Red Sox ever again. He's just not a good pitcher. Yes, he's he's fun and he's enjoyable and he's great with the fans and on Twitter. And I'm sure he's a wonderful human being. But I just do not want him anywhere near that mound. I don't care if the game's 11-1. to 1. Red Sox, 
I don't want him in. I don't want him in the bullpen. I don't want him out of the. I don't want him out of the bullpen. I don't want him on this team. I've said that several times on this show, and I hope by now you feel the same way. Uh, there's just no convincing me that he belongs on this Red Sox team. I wish him well. I'm. I'm not. I'm. I'm I feel like I'm writing his eulogy right now, and that that's not the case. He's still on this team. He's still a member of the Red Sox for now, anyway. But we'll see what the future holds there. I did not like that call, even though Alex Cora liked the matchup. I. I did not like it at all. I think you had better options. I saw it as Cora kind of waving the white flag at that point, but we will see what happens in game five. I doubt we will see Perez. I will be shocked. I will, I will, I will podcast from the floor because I'll just be in disbelief. But hopefully I will not have to do that because the floor is uncomfortable. It's getting cold here in New England and we have hardwood in our house. So it's, it's not going to be an enjoyable experience if I were to do that. Coming up in our third segment, I will end this show on a positive note. Hopefully manifest some good vibes for the Red Sox. But first, this episode is brought to you by Built Bar, my absolute favorite protein bar in the market. There's something for everyone. All their flavors are delicious. They have coconut, raspberry, mint brownie, and my personal favorite, cookies and cream. And if you haven't tried all their flavors, do what I did. Get a mixed box where you'll get each of their flavors. Try them all and then let me know which one is your favorite. Not only are Built Bars the best tasting, they're also healthy because their macros are absolutely insane. 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. Bing, bang, boom, trifecta. Order today, get the grasshopper cookie, raspberry, cookies and cream, whatever you want. Built Bar is also the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team, which is pretty neat. And we have an offer for you. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Welcome back to Locked On Red Sox. Thank you so much for making Locked On Red Sox your first listen of every day. Let's end this show on a positive note because there is still optimism in the air. And my positive note for you today is that Laz Diaz will not be behind home plate for game five. You got to take take all the little victories you can at this point. It's getting darker earlier here in Boston. I don't like that, but I love that Laz Diaz will not be behind the home plate in game five. He will be the right field umpire, but that's okay. As long as he's not calling balls and strikes, doesn't have the game in his hands, that is good news for the Red Sox and for the Astros too, because like I said, they got screwed a bunch of times during game four. Alex Cora will be switching up his lineup just a little bit. Kike Hernandez and Kyle Schwarber were switched, so now Hernandez will be in the leadoff spot. So Kike thrives in the leadoff spot. So there's two positive notes for you to end this show. No Laz Diaz behind home plate. Kike leading off. That'll do it for today's episode of Locked on Red Sox. Thank you so much for tuning in. Be sure to find me on Twitter at Lauren. Three Laws, Lauren with four R's, and the Locked on Red Sox Twitter account at LO underscore Red Sox. And please read all of my work right on Nesson.com. There is tons of Red Sox content right now going on, so please be sure to check that out. And also be sure to check out the Boston Herald for my co-host Jason Mastrodonato's coverage of the Red Sox. He is crushing it over there. We can't wait till he's back on the show. And follow him on Twitter at jmastrodonato. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the Locked on Red Sox podcast. When you do, you'll never miss an episode no matter what time we drop it. And do not forget about all the other amazing Locked on shows across the network. Locked on Angels, Locked on Astros, Locked on Yankees, Locked on Giants, Locked on Dodgers. There's a lot going on right now in the world of Locked on. Be sure to check out all of our great shows. 
Thank you, thank you, thank you once again for making Locked on Red Sox your first listen every day. I cannot wait to talk Game 5 with you on our next episode. And now, go make your second listen, Locked on MLB, where Paul Francis Sullivan, our good friend Sully, brings you his unique perspective on major leagues both present and past. It's free and available on all platforms. Have a great day. We'll see you soon. Go Red Sox!